Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So whether you're selling, I don't know, maybe it's olive oil or cute dresses or cashmere sweaters, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Because, you know, creative people don't necessarily have the skill set to code or build a back end of a site or monitor numbers or track the numbers or that's where Shopify comes in. You have a platform that allows you to just do all the beautiful creative things that you know how to do. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell cross social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. I cannot tell you, Dominique and I know nothing about this stuff, and we have businesses that are thriving on Shopify because it gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills. And because they have a 24-7 help and extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What's incredible to me about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, they are there to empower you. I mean, I can't tell you how many times you've been stuck or lost and we call the helpline or need to pull reports for investors. It's all there on Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash best, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash best. Take your business to the next level today. That is shopify.com slash best. Hi, Dane. Hi. I first want to point out that it's insane that we met this year, but we grew up in the same place. Literally like 10 blocks from each other. How funny is that? It's a trip. I love it. I mean, it's What like year did you graduate high school? 2007. Oh, you're a little bit younger than me. Yeah, a couple years. But it's funny that being in the same place at the same time, and not knowing each other and then meeting each other this year and hitting it off so well. Also at a concert. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly at a concert. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Enamored with your husband. Oh. And then that's what did it. It was so funny. We The next day he was like, Dane keeps texting me. like, And I was like, he's like, that's so nice. Like men never really do that, you know? And I was like, great. And he's like, should we go on this double date with this couple that we don't really know? Absolutely, you should. And you know, I text Olive 
I DM'd her and said, it was nice to meet you. And she didn't respond for like a month. And Savage. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh no, she doesn't like me, but Dane likes Dobby Day. <laughs> I think it's so funny. It's a thing I do because people, especially men will say things like, oh yeah, let's have lunch or let's go and do this thing or whatever. And then they won't do it. Mm-hmm. So many people, whether it's here in Los Angeles or I think all over the world, people think, oh, that's what you're supposed to say. Totally. You're supposed to say, I'm interested in you. And then you don't actually make the connection. And so a few years ago, I thought, I wonder if I just bug people, mm-hmm. not bug people, but if I'm persistent with people that I think I would connect with, how that'd go. And it turns out it goes pretty well. That was like the best, we had the best night. Totally. Best double day into totally. a party. Yep. I liked that as a double date strategy going from, a double date to an event because seeing how you two navigate a room is also a really interesting way to view people. Totally. Like I love how Olive is in a room. Totally. She's very good at it. <laughs> I mean, she works the room. She's very good. You're very good at it. And Davide and I just sort of sit on the side yeah, and you guys watch you guys cigars smoke the- <laughs> cigars and let you do your thing. And then she always made me feel, and you guys both do this, she makes me feel like really important while maintaining relationships with other people at the event. So she'll like chat and then she'll be like, oh, this is Pia. And then she'll like grab me to let me know that even though she's talking to somebody else that I, she's still aware that I'm next to her. It was a very, I, like we got in the car on the way home and I was like, oh my God. Best friends. We just met best friends. <laughs> <laughs> she's so good at that. And I've learned so much from her about n- sort of negotiating that with people. And it's something I'm actually not very good at. And I... Hmm. I've gotten better at because I respect the way she does it so well. And it's authentic for her. Totally. Right. There's part of her job that is working a room and Mm -hmm. being available to people and being connected to people. And then there's just an intrinsic part of her that is very connected to that thing of like, we all need to be here together and we all need to support each other and lift each other up. I forget what she calls it. Right. Her father calls it something like raising the... El- raising the floor, raise, elevating. The, yeah. They, so cool. They have like a little log line for it. Well, that's good for just being a human, but it's also really good for work. Yeah. And it just feels good and it's a nice way to live. Yeah. And it's not, we talk on the podcast all the time about building your network. Yeah. Because I'm, I can be misconstrued or if, if somebody I think gets intimidated by that, they'll call it like, you know, social climbing. But I'm like, there's absolutely no reason to not meet as many people as you can and connect people and each other. And like, why not? It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And it's like how you get to new places in your social life and your career in whatever it totally. is. Like you should be meeting people. You should be engaging those people in a real authentic way too. Like it's not, I think the social climbing thing comes from this idea that people will be inauthentic Mm -hmm. in those relationships and in those settings and in those circles. And maybe that's what it is. But I think as long as you're building your authentic self through socialization and through your, your professional life, it's, it's what, I mean, it's one of life's great pleasures. Absolutely. You get to know people. I get to know you. I get to know your husband. It has nothing to do with who you are other than the part of you that is authentic. You know what Davide did last night? And then we'll get into like what you do. But I think this is so funny and speaks like really to like where we are like as like a group of friends right now, which is really cute is he was with Alessi or he was with Carolina Cuccinelli mm-hmm. 
in Umbria. Yeah, he's in Italy right now. Yeah, yeah. and Alessio is here. And he was like, P called me, he goes, Amore. And he was on the FaceTime with Alessio, but then FaceTiming me too. And he was like, Beyonce has a party for the Oscars at Chateau. And I was like, yeah, I know she does it every year. And he was like, we should all go. You, me, <laughs> Dane, Olive, them, Jordi, like, and like named our group. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, are you, you have a really, really, really off sense of self. That's the one party you can't get into. Oscar Dominic. winners don't get into that party. <laughs> you want to roll up crew deep? <laughs> you ain't getting into that one. He was just like, why not? That'll be so fun for all of us. And I was like, yeah. There's like four levels of security. <laughs> it was cute as it was like, you, me, them, Dane, all of Jordy, like <laughs> Alana, Paul. He just named the group. <laughs> I was like, how many more people do you want to bring to Beyonce? Yeah, everyone. But, it, I, but Davide has never, he didn't have, when I met him, he didn't have, he had like a group of friends, but by way of his roommate, people that he yeah. loved and that were at our wedding, but he was thrown into a, and this is like what he's built and seeing him now like come into himself as a man and be able to call out a group of friends that he feels safe with and, and seen and heard and loved. And I really think a lot of that, I mean, we all have great friends, but like you are, are such a special connecting, you like listen so well. And this will segue into like what you do, which is, I wouldn't want, listen, if I was going to have someone come to me and say my life needed to be turned around, I would be very happy to have you be the one to do it. <laughs> Not everyone is all the time. <laughs> I'm sure they get there. So tell everybody what you do. I run a business called Reconstruction Unlimited. Such we, a great name. Thank you. What we do in short is mental health coaching interventions and what we call case management. So someone comes to us and they have a problem. And that problem is almost always a mental health issue, right? A behavioral disorder, substance abuse issue. And we have a team that assesses that person. So we assess the client or the identified client, and then we assess their system, which is their family system, so cool. their professional system, whatever systems exist in, the, in their life. And then we figure out a solution for that client. And then we propose that solution. And then we engage the solution, right? We deploy mm -hmm. personnel into that person's life and we create real change. It's a very specialized thing. It's a very niche thing. Mm -hmm. It's, we have, we're growing actually a lot the last couple of years, but we are still very small and very specialized. And the intervention piece is, you could kind of call everything we do an inter intervention right? Mm. People think of interventions as like, oh, the TV a, show. yeah, there's a heroin addict and they're going to die. And then there's an old guy that comes into a room like this and says, you need to change. And that can happen. We do it a little bit more creatively and we do it a little more gently. And we find ways of actually being invitational about the process where we've noticed instead of ambushing people by bringing them into the process and saying, okay, we're having this conversation and we're going to do this thing. And we want you to do that thing. People are actually a lot more agreeable to it, but that's in a nutshell what I do. Barabee is a sustainable home wellness brand on a mission to create a calmer, more comforted world. One nap at a time. Oh, I love naps. I can't tell you how much I love taking a nap with my Barabee. It prioritizes holistic well-being, sustainability, and exceptional design to bring about 
revolutionary rest naturally. Listen, I've never been a nap person. I just started doing that as an adult because I'm tired and I need it. And Barabee's hand-knit sustainable weighted blankets help me sleep so much better to the point where we have three of them in the house. My mom has one, I have one, and we have an extra one for naps on our couch. The brand's award-winning weighted blankets are made entirely of sustainable materials such as organic cotton, eco-velvet, and tensile, so you can practice being, you know, a self-care queen without compromise. They're available in a range of beautiful colors and weights. And Barabee offers a variety of products, including their original cotton napper, the tree napper, velvet napper, the hug it, the cuddler, which is a body pillow, which is, God, you know I love a body pillow. They are absolutely incredible. They're so chic. They're so beautiful. I would love for you to have one of these gorgeous hand-knit weighted blankets. They're so designed forward. They help you sleep so well. I couldn't imagine a better one-two punch, really. Use code BEST at checkout for free, faster shipping at Barabee.com. And to learn more about Barabee, visit www.barabee.com or mybarabee on Instagram. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can customize meals by swapping out proteins or sides or even adding protein to a veggie dish. And now you can even upgrade to organic chicken or organic ground beef. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards mean you get delicious home-to-cooked dinners on the table without the time-consuming meal planning or prepping or doing what I do, which is over-shopping and kind of under-delivering. <laughs> HelloFresh's recipes Rast and Fresh, which I die for, are the latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions. And guess what? They're ready in 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick. Recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, or even Southwest pork and bean burritos, which are one of my favorite. I love this meal delivery like I said, everything is pre-portioned. I'm not wasting money on extra groceries. I don't have to do that thing around four o'clock in the afternoon where I'm like, oh my God, I have a pantry and a fridge full of stuff and I actually don't even know what I'm going to make. So go to hellofresh.com slash Pia65 and use code Pia65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Isn't that crazy? It's such a good deal. That's HelloFresh.com slash Pia65 and use code Pia65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you give an example of like, you know, a quote unquote intervention, like what that literally looks like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I was thinking about 
stuff on the way over here because I'm, I'm starting to figure out how to tell stories around my work. The work that we do is so confidential and so totally. private and so, and it should be, but I also want to grow my business and the way that we we believe in the way we do things. Yeah, that's why I'm curious because it seems like this isn't like your life is a mess and you need to go do this program right now. I'm sure you have a very like warm, loving way of doing that. So I'm curious like how that manifests. Yeah, I call some of, some of what we do, I call positive manipulation, right? Oh, cool. Like <laughs> you have to be able to tweak things in a person's reality and you have to be able to kind of convince them to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Somebody once said years ago, doing interventions is like halfway between an exorcism and uh, like an FBI hostage interrogation, right? Yeah. So, and sometimes they're like that. And so I've been, I've done interventions where it's, we go in, we say, hey, this is what we want you to do. And the person says, great, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Mm. And that's lovely, right? Mm -hmm. And we get them in a car and we drive them to treatment. I've been interven in, in interventions where we've organized huge logistical stuff. Like we got to take a helicopter from New York to the Hamptons. And then we got to take a small plane up to Connecticut. We got to do that in a particular amount of time because the family then has to get back on a thing back to New York and the person doesn't want to go. And so it, and it all kind of disintegrates, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work. You can't always get that person to buy in. And then there is this sort of crisis intervention where Somebody calls, says, this is life or death, and you just go. You don't have time to assess. You don't have time to spin your wheels about logistical stuff. You just got to get to that person and do whatever you can to convince them they need to get better. And you have the authority to do this, by the way, because you are a sober person. That is one of the reasons. Yeah, I am in recovery almost 12 years. Oh, wow. Drugs and alcohol. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. At what point, how old were you when you started using, I was like, did not see a drug. I like smoked a little bit of pot in high school. Like I did not see. Lockinetta High was a little different. The I, main streets of Lockinetta High. I mean, I was four minutes from you. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I would have paid attention and done, yeah, we all you know. Wish we done I think that's my onus, on, only regret. I don't know if it's Same. really a regret, Pia, but it's like, I wish I would have paid more attention in school. Me I too. wish I would have. And now through a series of things that happened in my childhood and, you know, uh, the way I was brought up and sort of the cultural dynamic of my family, I understand now why I wasn't so engaged in school, but, mm -hmm. and I know your story around school because I've listened to you talk about it. I've become a big fan of your podcast oh my God. the last six months. So weird to me when people that I'm friends with listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I Thank put it on in the car and I listen to you and no. David Day and his sultry voice. Like how when, sultry oh. is his voice? <laughs> people say I have a very soothing voice, but your husband has like the best radio voice. You know what? I think it's an Italian thing. He has a friend who has this voice that even when he's on speakerphone, I'm like, oh my God, Giorgio sounds so hot right now. <laughs> like they just do this thing when they talk like really low and they want to get serious. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for that. I got into booze around, I was, was really young. I was like 11 or 12, sort of drinking. Like That's I so wasn't young. drinking like every day, like at a bar yeah. at 11 years old, but I was drinking, the drinking culture in my family is really Same. thick. So it was, it felt like a thing I was supposed to do. Totally same. 
Like this is the thing you do. Mm -hmm. And then drugs happened pretty quickly after that. It was sort of getting into high school, like eighth grade into high school. I started smoking weed with friends because I was friends with the older boys mm -hmm. and kind of the bad boys. And they they didn't exist in school. They they went to other schools close by. And I, I had a very hard time relating to people at school mm -hmm. I think for... Again, I come from a huge family and I never needed to have friends. I have 30 cousins. Yeah. And and I also have very different I had different interests than everyone at school. I was into music. I was into punk rock. I was it was just a little different for me. But I gotta kind of straddle both of those things, right? I gotta be around this group of people that come from that community and that amazing resource that that community has. And then I also gotta put myself into some wacky situations. So I think it, it aids itself or it, it's, it's benefited me in being able to be adaptable, mm -hmm. which I'm really, I don't regret that part. Yeah, no, I understand. That makes complete sense. I mean, well, any sort of, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not turmoil, but any sort of, you know, peak or valley in your life allows you to be more adaptable. Yeah. At what point did your alcohol and drug use become a problem? I think it kind of always was. Yeah. Even when I, it was like, even when I was little and not drinking, even on a very regular basis, I think it really accelerated towards the end of high school, especially the drinking. And were then, your parents aware of it? Yeah. Yes, they were. But I was also very good, Pia, at being very manipulative. Yeah. And well, very convincing that addicts I was good. are the most manipulative. You guys should all be like writers yes, <laughs> and like professional storytellers because yes, it's unbelievable the shit that an addict can come up with. Spin your story and you just buy right into mm -hmm. it. I was talking to a friend earlier today and I was reminded that when I got sober, I had to literally, in a conversation like this, I had to literally actively tell myself not to lie like don't lie don't lie because you're just, lie, so, you're just it. so it's ingrained in the sort of existence of being a drug addict it's mm -hmm. just a lie about everything so i got really good at lying and i convinced people around me that were closest to me namely mom and dad and family that everything was fine and i figured out how to straddle that too like i could get fucked up and i could do whatever i wanted to do as long as i could show up to certain things sure. and yeah and that lasted probably until the end of high school through the last you know i think i think after high school it, it started to take a nosedive and i i went to a semester of college and then dropped out and then i kind of couldn't really keep it together i i worked a bit and and then i had been sort of at the end of high school i started selling drugs and then that became sort of a fixture in my life where mm -hmm. I was like that. I mean, I can make money doing that. Why would I do anything else? And oh. I, you know, we, we come from the same place. It's not like I needed to sell drugs. It's not like I was down and out and come from a place where I needed to figure out some hustle to survive. I just was a manipulative, probably pretty lazy drug addict that wanted to stay high mm -hmm. and figured out that was the best way. So that lasted another few years and it got very dark and I was living downtown and I was, you know, it was just all day, every day, the same thing over and over and over and over. And, you know, there were some 
fun, just some fun stories that come out of it, but it was, it was dark, you know, the, the end piece of, of any trajectory of a drug addict is always pretty bleak and it got there for me. And then my mother and my father and some family members came to me and just said, the gig's up, man. And I, and in that moment, P, I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, that this is a problem. Mm -hmm. I was like so deluded that I didn't have a problem. And I just woke up in that moment and then got on with life. And did they send you to rehab? Yes. I went to, yeah, it was, it's a funny story of how I got there. My father's insurance wouldn't pay for treatment. Fuck, it's so expensive. Unless I went into a hospital and said, I was going to kill myself. So I did that. I said, I've got a plan and here's the thing. And they said, great, welcome to the psych ward. And so I spent two weeks in a psychiatric unit, detoxing, withdrawing. How? Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. There, but there's like, there's again, great stories that come out of that. I remember this one old guy that was there that told me he'd check himself in there every year or so just to take a break from life, which I really respected. And he was mm -hmm. really sweet and old. And he kind of reminded me of like, you know, some sort of old prison guide in like Shawshank Redemption. Totally. So it was, you know, a lot of bad times and, you know, there were some good things that came out of it. And then I went to treatment. I went to treatment in Pasadena. Oh yeah. I forgot that there's, um, the Bishop Gooden home. Yeah. Yeah. It's been there forever. Like it's Is that where Dr. Drew worked at it? He might've, he does. I don't think he does now. Maybe he sits on the board there. Yeah, yeah. I know he was probably connected there's a few treatment centers in Pasadena he might he might have been connected to another one I think I think it was actually another one but amazing place so what I know of my not know but have experienced with you know I've dated people who are sober and have many friends who I've tried to get sober you have like a really dark story but a friend of mine who was a junkie but that rehab is really and this is where you come in. Rehab is really just the first step. And then integrating back into life is almost like the next impossible step. I mean, that's when the real work yeah. happens. Not everyone gets better in an environment like that. Anyone can get better. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing. You can get better there and you can stay better there. But it's like if we sat in this room for a month and... Totally talked about a bunch of cool shit and people served us food and it was all hunky-dory yeah, right? it's just like really safe and you're like in your and then i like i know it's such a bonding experience with people that are there and like sometimes people fall in love in those scenarios which is yeah. something that can be very bonding and unfortunately really toxic rehab romance yeah such yeah oh my god my yeah. first boyfriend's girlfriend before me was a rehab romance and i remember she had my space and she was like so pretty and i was like i'm never going to be able to compete with her with like rehab bond not <laughs> 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 <Like> crazy <laughs> it's um i i often joke rehab is a place that you go and you spend about 50 grand and people just talk at you mm. And, and I, I say that with a lot of sarcasm. I really respect the treatment programs that are available to people. The majority of them now are really ethical and great. There were, sort of 10 years ago, it was a little different of a little different landscape with treatment centers, but there are a lot of really good ones. And if, if that's something that you need to accelerate or like catalyze your recovery, do it. I mean, it should be a government funded and run program accessible to everybody. We would have 
a much better society and probably 50% less homeless people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a big one, isn't it? <laughs> like, the, the homeless thing is all, it's because a mental you health living crisis. downtown. I lived literally adjacent to Skid Row 6 in Maine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Which my office used to be right there. Yeah. You know, if you didn't have, which a lot of people don't have, a loving family, yeah. there's really nothing different from you and the people that we see on a daily basis that are on the street. Families come to me all the time. And what we do, the way that we design these therapeutic ecosystems for our clients, it's not cheap, Bia. No, like, I This is a yeah, really, it's a really sort of customized experience and we go above and beyond and it's expensive. We're always looking at ways to augment that and figure out ways that- Well, I think, I think what you're doing, part of my interruption, is you're setting up something that's never been done before mm. and that you're at the beginning of it mm. and it's really starting to get traction and take off. I think you are somebody that attracts positive things to their life and, I, and we're also still so young. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you were subconsciously coming up with like a system that can then be you know, implemented in other forms and made more available for other people yeah. because what's been going on the last however many years is so insanely, it's, it can't be maintained. It's impossible. Like my roommate in New York was one of my best friends for a long time was dating somebody who was, a. we didn't even know he was using heroin. And you know, this is like that time in New York and that group of people, everybody knew that it was around, but like yeah. I didn't see it and we didn't know. And he'd become a master manipulator with her. And then he just became like full blown. And I remember she called me one day from work and said that he he's passed away now. He just passed away a couple of years mm. ago of an overdose. He couldn't, but he had gotten arrested and she said, I can't leave work. I was at school and I was in between classes. So I went to like three different precincts until I could find him. She's like, he just needs to come and stay with us. I talked to his family. They didn't have, they couldn't afford rehab in the U.S. They're from Thailand. So sure. they had arranged for him to go to Thailand to go to rehab there. There are some good ones there. Really? Yeah. And they, you know, had like come, come up with a plan, but we were like, we can't have him. He needs to be like under supervision. And I loved him. So I said, of course he can live with us. So, I mean, nobody knows this. I never even told my, my mother would have just died, but I went and found him and he was so happy to see me and we left and he just got, I don't know what, he got arrested for like stealing something stupid. So they sure. like let him go and he was starting to withdraw and I'd never seen this. And he said, I have to go by, I like, I'm, I'm going to die. And I was like, can't you just work through this? Like you're already, he's absolutely not. And I was like, well, I'm not really supposed to let you go. I'm like 23 or maybe not even, maybe I'm 22 or something. I was like, I'm really not supposed to let you out of my sight. And he was like, okay, come with me and then we'll go back to the apartment. So I went with him to Brooklyn and I watched him buy heroin from like an 11 year old mm. because his brother couldn't go. Yeah. And we were in the entryway of a building some random building that they just like got buzzed into. And he was like, I need to, he was like, I need to shoot up right now. I'm going to die. And the little boy who had sold him the heroin said, can I watch? I've never seen this before. <sighs> and the two of us sat there and like watched him shoot up under the stairwell of like an apartment in Brooklyn. And I was so sad for everyone, yeah, you know, for the boy. I was too, so yeah. sad for that little boy. He was so beautiful. And yeah. he was just like, had his big eyes open. And I remember hugging him and saying like, my darling, like, this is not your future. Like, this is, 
I, I am praying for you right now and I will remember you for the rest of my life. And I hope that this is like, you can find whatever brings you joy that brings you out of this. And I know that you're doing something good for your brother right now and that feels good, but this yeah. is like ultimately like, you know, not a good thing. But I'm like a white girl from Pastina. So I also was just like loving and can't pass judgment because it's is what it is. And then he like lived with us until he went to rehab and it never got better, you know, but I just, I will never forget the fucking lies. Yeah, it's nuts. The lies. Yeah. And she loved him so much and he loved her and she would say like, you should be a fucking movie director. They should, you should be producing and writing yeah. movies yeah. and books because what you can come up with is unbelievable. I remember having a conversation with a guy in the Middle East and he's like, you're a drug addict? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, oh, you can do anything. And I said, yes, sir, <laughs> I can do anything. He said, man, your type is the best because you guys can just figure anything out. You're resourceful and you mm. will manipulate anything in your favor. And if you can use that for good. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a lot of families come to me and say, what would we have done if we couldn't afford to do this whole wrap around mm -hmm. system. And I'd say, well, your, your loved one would be on the street. Yeah. It's a lot of people that can't afford to take care of themselves. And yes, there is a way I think to resolve parts of that crisis, which is really good training for people who really want to help other people. Totally. I think a lot of, I've been, I mean, I was professionally trained in New York state as a counselor. And I, a lot of the people I sat in those rooms with during that training, should not have been there. Mm. There's a lot of people that are doing it just because they got nothing else better to do and they've got a bunch of free time. And, you know, it's a, as a counselor, you don't get paid all that much. But my my sense of what is good pay and is not is highly warped at this point. But yeah. sort of for everyone else is like, it's a good it's a good little paycheck and and that's fine. We need to find people that, really want to do the work we need to find people that are really smart and really motivated to help people and then we need to dev devise training that really works which is part of what we're starting to do at my company is how do we train coaches like how do we how train? do you so far the last five years it's been me training one other person at a time and how long is that training process can be a couple years, you know, it's just, it, I, it's not only, I'm not only training one person at a time, but yeah. it's the, the sessions we're doing for the training exists sort of just me and that person. And then I brought other people onto the team this last year that are helping me do that. But we really need to figure out a way to scale it so that it's, it's but it's still impactful. Yeah. Oftentimes with scaling those things, I've seen colleagues try to scale trainings and they end up just being like, you sit in a room for two days with a bunch of people and it it's bogus. It's yeah. like you don't really I want I want people to come on and lay brick with me. Like I want these people to be in these situations and be slowly implemented into the field and really get the experience to see if they've got what it takes. Cause it's gnarly work. Parallel is a huge constant in my life. I cannot tell all of you, how important Parallel is to me and how important I know it would be in your life if you trust me and try these supplements. I spent many years of my life trying to research what would get me pregnant, what would make me feel good, what would help with my PCOS. And Parallel did all the research and just 
is providing it to all of us in like a nice little package because they have targeted doctor-made daily vitamin routines that are conveniently bundled into packets for every stage of reproductive life. So they have a general women's vitamin for, you know, anybody that's trying to conceive. They have a conception pack. They have packs for each trimester of pregnancy. There's a mom multi-pack. Each bundle has multivitamins formulated for a woman's specific needs, targeted supplements for that stage, and then an omega containing DHA and EPA. The conception support pack, which is what I'm taking now, has two prenatal vitamins, an omega, a CoQ10 capsule that can support ovulation and egg health, and a folate capsule that supports early stage pregnancy. But what I love about Parallel is that they also have an amazing boutique of add-on products so you can further customize your routine for your exact stage. Like for me, I have PCOS. So I do not go a day without taking their PCOS support product. I literally do not go a day. I cannot post about it enough. Again, these are supplements I was all buying separately. Who knows what I was giving myself on what dose. And now I just feel so good. And exclusively for Everything is the Best listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months with code BEST15. I will reimburse you myself if you don't feel better on these things. I'm telling you, head to parallel.co, that is P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co. And if you don't love it, you can cancel anytime with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I've been talking and posting and shopping from Thrive Market for many years now. It's my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver, especially as somebody who works and is a mom. My God, before I had a kid, I would hear everybody say like, well, I'm a mom and I need things to be convenient. Okay. I will tell you this now. I'm a mom and I need things to be convenient. And you know what? I want to provide her with the best food possible. And I, you know, like to abide by dietary restrictions. And that is why Thrive Market is so incredibly fabulous. You can shop by dietary restriction while saving money. Because as a Thrive Market member, you save money on every single order. On average, I save 30% each time. Listen, I like to order the same things every week. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. And to be able to save that much money through Thrive Market is really incredible. And on top of the massive savings, Thrive Market has deals that change daily. They give me cash back on so many brands and they have price match guarantee, which is absolutely fabulous. They also, like I said, have filters so you can shop by dietary restriction. They have over 70 filters. Whether you're looking for certified gluten-free, non-toxic cleaning essentials, it has everything you need. Join Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift when you go to thrivemarket.com slash best for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That is Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash best, thrivemarket.com slash best. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. 
You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Are most of the people that you're training, are they sober? Mm, yeah, most of them are. We work with a spectrum of mental illness, so it's not like all of our clients are not yeah. in drug and alcohol treatment or recovery. And so some of our coaches are also not in recovery from drugs and alcohol. It lends itself well, Pia, that the change process you go through in getting sober it lends itself well to the work we do. Mm. And I think also because probably 75% of our business has to do with drugs and alcohol on some level, mm -hmm. it works well. Tell me about the system. Like, I would love to know more about like what you set up for people. I remember one time you said to me that you had just gotten off the phone with, with like a parent of one of your clients and basically they said something along the lines to you like, you know, why did this happen or what's going on? And you said, because of you, <laughs> which is amazing because I mean, what you're doing is the only real way to do it. Because if you change, if you're telling someone you need to change, but their life yeah. and all the things that trigger them remain the same, it seems like an impossible road. Yeah. And if the family doesn't change to some degree, then then nothing changes, mm -hmm. you know, or the system or the marriage or the whatever. Something. How is that? I mean, so you have many levels of people yeah. that you're dealing with yep. on a daily basis who are all having their own emotional reactions and, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, how does your, does your, how does, how do you put up a little wall with yourself or you're not like, I mean, there will be times I'll be talking to all of them. She's like, Dane's been on the phone for like four hours outside with someone. <laughs> she sent me a photo once of you laying down in the backyard yeah. on your phone. And she's like, this is just what happens because you know, someone in the family or blah, 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 blah is like having a moment and you're totally there for all of your clients at yeah. any time of day. Right. Yeah. So I've been able over time to remove myself from the center of everything, which I think is, is important because although I'm really good at doing this work, I need to be a leader in my own agency and I need to train and I need to sort of facilitate the next generation as it were of coaches and people that want to help other people. And I think that's really important. So there are still some cases I work intimately on because people want to engage me specifically mm. or the case requires a certain sensitivity that I possess in spades. So yeah, to really enact change, I think we have to be on top of everything. Like if, if you needed help, I would then also need to help your husband and your daughter and your mother and your friends and this, and, and I would, I would want to implement some part of our system into your whole life. How does that look like? What's given example of that? see you've got a you've got someone in hollywood mm -hmm. right so you have let's just call this person an actor and this actor's suffering from whatever they're suffering from could be anything just if you're listening pick something mm -hmm. and that person calls me and says i need help and then i say great 
let's talk about it. Let's talk about where you're at. Let's talk about what you've been through. Let's go back to the day you were born, right? Let, let's talk about all, let's talk about your childbirth. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about everything because there's trauma at childbirth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's just all this stuff that happens and then mothers have those traumatic reactions and then that is, it, it, it exists within the family and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I know you know all about this better than I do. Well, I was scared when I was born because everyone was like, you know, this is the trauma that you have from. And I was like, I don't like, I didn't realize that my mom hated her birth. Like, you know, the doctor wasn't paying attention and this happened. My mom was like, she's coming. And they were like, no, she's not. And then like, whatever like you know she got they gave her an epidural but then i came out right afterwards and then she was high from the epidural she couldn't enjoy like it wasn't it was a minor trauma but mm. she talked about it a lot sure and i didn't realize that that made me then fearful that i really needed to feel like i was like seen and heard during my labor and then i was like oh like i don't want to be too intense about that because i don't want carmela to feel that like it's then i was just like there's nothing i can do fucking right like whatever quote-unquote trauma happens that's just like her path. You're going to fuck somebody up. Yeah, the way. she's going to have to, there's going to be adversity. So whatever, you know, I can't like avoid it. Yeah. But some people, it's uh, it doesn't work that way. A lot of people, it doesn't work that way. A lot of people really sticks inside of them and it eats at them, right? Totally. So yeah. you're trying to like find that moment. So that person that, again, the actor, right? And, and we talk and I connect him with some of my other team and they talk to him or her and... Then I say, great, we have your recollection of your life and your experience and what's going on with you. Now, who else can I talk to? Mm. Can I talk to your agent? Can I talk to your manager? Can I talk to your assistant? Can I talk to your wife, your husband? Do you ever go to like ex-partners? Do I go to what? Like if like someone's like ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Really, like I'm yeah, sure yeah. the exes are a lot of... <laughs> if I can, I do. There's yeah. also the there's also like sometimes I can't and sometimes we can't as a company, right? Sometimes there's walls to that sometimes there's you know the person doesn't want us to do it we mm -hmm. need permission and we're not like clandestine here where yeah, we're yeah. just going into people's lives and fucking with things absolutely not but and in that way you get like a full 360 dimensional view of that person's life and you've taken their account and then other people's account and you've blended them and you can create a more accurate representation of what's happened right mm trauma drama because you're getting one side of their story but then other people could be like dude this guy's been doing blah 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 so now you know the what's actually happening and you kind of fall somewhere in between right because mm -hmm. you everyone's got their take and like if we're if we're using that sort of entertainment industry um example there's also a lot of misrepresentation of fact yep totally and people can be which uh, is just human error anyway Exactly. Everybody has their own version of what the story is. Exactly. So that in that way, we really get to dive deep into a person's life and we get to cool. kind of like get connected with all these people. And the more, I think the more connected you are, the more complicated, the more Dane's like laying on a chaise couch <laughs> in his backyard talking on the phone, but it's worth it because you really do then create that change. Mm -hmm. you, you, as long as a person is bought in and and enough people around that person are bought in, we can really create phenomenal change. What line, what's the line between this is real life and you just need to fucking learn how to conform to like real life and the whole world can't bend around you and 
this person is going to seriously go off the deep end if like X, Y, and Z doesn't happen. Well, you you heard me when I said with with mom and dad on the phone, it's your fault. Yeah. I also believe that there's a lot that we have to do in this field as leaders in this field to really be honest with the people that we're helping. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that honesty is brutal, Pia. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you're going to get smacked in the face like with a sledgehammer of reality. And every mom and dad has their day of reckoning. Like you'll have it at some point, mm -hmm. even though you are the most loving mother and you really care about how you're raising your child and you're turned in <clears> and tuned on to all this stuff and you're like in it, right? There'll something will happen. Totally. And that's okay. That's just I always part wonder of what life. it'll be. Yeah, I wonder what it'll be too. <laughs> I, I yeah, and it'll happen and it's okay. And then in twenty years your daughter will come to you and say, Hey, I didn't fucking like that. Yeah, totally. And I didn't like you. And mm -hmm. I don't fucking like this piece of you. And you're going to have to sit there and deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think it's important that we have those experiences with our parents. And I think it's important that we're honest with people. I can't always say that. I don't yeah. always say it's your fault. But I'm as persistent in honest in my honesty with people as I can be at all times. Because I think that also moves the needle. If If people are... If you're pushed to look at yourself, I remember the first time I looked in a mirror when I got sober. I had—I don't think I'd looked in a mirror mm. for six months, mm -hmm. and I looked in a mirror and I just—I didn't even recognize myself. And I think—and that was a literal physical mirror. And I had a—you know—I was gaunt. I was smoking pills and drinking liters of booze every day. It was just nuts. But when we're faced with ourselves, a lot of change can happen in that moment mm -hmm. and what a beautiful thing right totally. and if i have to be the the sledgehammer of reality then that's what i'm gonna be what are some routines or systems or like daily life programming that you just think that everybody because the i remember I think it was our first double date where I was like, I'm behind on everything and yeah. I'm kind of a mess and I'm waking up really late. And like, I just feel like I can't keep up. And you were like, Oh no, like we got to fix this. And I was like, can we come on the podcast and just like, tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've made a lot of big changes in the last month. I actually feel I do just have like a, a lot of, I have too many different jobs. You right have a now. lot going on. So I get pulled into different but the last month, I think, you know, I've done certain like cut out coffee and I've been meditating and waking up earlier and putting together a weekly schedule for myself. But I still, as a person, I'm that person that's always kind of like a little bit underwater. So, I mean, I would love to know what you see across the board that you're like, you know, almost like every person should be yeah. doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Also, we get to work with a lot of people who are not struggling to the degree we've been talking about. Like we work with run-of-the-mill everyday people mm -hmm. that just need a little bit of tweaking and yeah. they come to us and they say i don't like this part of myself and how do i change that and da da da, da which is i love that work and mm -hmm. i and i often get involved in that work because i'm good at it and i also have the time the bandwidth for that i don't have the bandwidth so much personally for the crisis stuff and that's why i have a team mm -hmm. things people should be doing every day should is a strong word yeah but i will stand behind should People should be, regardless of your mental status, I think we should all be enacting some sort of routine. Like okay. routine so that we can then 
break out of the routine. And and I and I mean, once you get good at being protocoled, mm-hmm. especially in the morning, I think morning and evening are the most important. I mean, your and, morning protocol is really admirable. Yeah, it's like <laughs> get up early. Mm-hmm. I get up at five. If it's not that for you, fine, right? Just get up earlier than you normally would, right? There's a, there's an element of resilience in all this. Like I'm gonna get up early so that I'm challenging myself mm-hmm. and I have more hours in the day and I have more time in the morning before I go to work to focus on myself. Is That's this five days a week? Like do you sleep yeah. on the weekends? Yeah, five days a week. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the weekends are- So I'm like, we're out pretty late sometimes. Yeah. So there's no way you're waking up at five. No, there are nights where I don't wake. I, I try to get six to seven hours. So if I don't go to sleep until two or three, I'm pushing the wake yeah. up time. Okay. As long as I can. Sometimes I can't, which it just is what it is. And I'm not perfect in my routine. Like I also want to make that very, be very transparent about that. Like I'm good five, six days a week. I'm pretty good at this stuff. And then there are times where my life gets thrown out of whack Mm -hmm. or I travel or I am super stressed. I have a lot of stuff on my plate. Like you do, it's just all these projects, all these things happening all the time. So your job also pulls you in a million different directions. Totally. Yeah. And as, and then also like the business side of things, as you grow these businesses, like, yeah, because we haven't even talked about that. You then you are actually running like a business and you like that all needs to be handled. (laughs) You got guys in Europe doing business development you got things over here. You got clients in Australia. It's like all these different time zones, these different people and you payroll and whatever. How many like employees do you have right now i have a couple employees and then i think i've got about 30 contractors oh wow that work for me so most of it's contracted work because it's great to have these coaches and these they're the therapeutic personnel we employ be able to have other experiences outside Uh, of course of course of our agency also we don't always have the ability to employ them 24 7 so to restrict them from case by case absolutely yeah wake up early have some time for yourself for me, that looks like, so what I literally do is I wake up at five, I start the coffee pot, I go feed my dog. I have to feed the dog because the dog will bug me if I don't feed it, but I also look she at She wakes that, up at five with you? She wakes up at five with me, yeah. I wish I wouldn't have trained her to wake up at five because sometimes it's really fucking annoying. Yeah, because she's just staring at you. Yeah, it's like pushing on me. I have a big dog and she's like <laughs> in, trying to get in the bed. So. I also look at the feeding of the dog as like, I'm doing something for something else. Yes. Like first thing, right? Like I'm not making my morning all about me. And then I sit and I meditate for 20 minutes. I just got into transcendental meditation. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, it's cool. Olive and I did a, a five day course. I got it for her for one of her Christmas presents. It was a great Christmas present. And I got it for myself because I've always wanted to do it. And I me too. Never gave myself the opportunity to. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity and so far so good. 20 minute meditation is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, sometimes it's like, I'm like 17 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm done. You know, yeah. there's, it's all, the point of meditation is not to be good at it. It's just to do it. Yeah. And then I either read or write, hmm. depending on what I'm working on in the rest of my life, that kind of influences the next thing. I really like reading it doesn't have to be sort of self-helpy. It doesn't have to be productive. I mean, I'm, I read a lot of that stuff and I love it. And then I'm also reading a book about big game hunting in Africa. I'm yeah. reading a book, I'm reading um, Russell Brandt's book right now. Mm. And I don't have all, I mean, I'm not like, I was never super interested in him as a, a human or a story or a brand. And 
I just thought I should get into it because I don't know anything about him. And now I'm really, I'm like, oh, wow, this is an amazing human being. The, this is so embarrassing. I love TikTok and there's this girl that I don't follow, but she keeps popping up in my feed and it's algorithm. But I'm also like some that clearly need to learn something from this. And her video I watched last night, she's like, wakes up very early. Yeah. She likes to get her so much of her data before she goes to work. She wakes up, she works out, she makes her coffee, she has her breakfast, da, 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 and then she takes a shower and before she does her makeup, she does 30 minutes of reading in the morning. Yeah. And I just was like, that sounds like a brilliant, nice ease into the day where you're challenging your brain with something you enjoy. You're not being thrown into something that's stressful and you feel so accomplished probably. It's easy to say, Pia, when you don't have a young child that yeah, wakes up at wakes like three in the morning. No, Carmela, no, I have no excuses because I hate to say this because I know it's triggering for a lot of moms. I put her to bed at six. If she wakes up in the night, she'll go like, and then goes back to sleep and she wakes up. Go figure. Between seven, eight, eight thirty, And she doesn't cry when she wakes up. Like she wakes up just talking to herself and playing with her socks. So I have no excuse to not wake up. Like there's no, I like to blame her sometimes because it's easy to have your child be your scapegoat when they can't talk. But I have no excuse in the morning because she's an easy child. Yeah. And then, uh, so these are like 20 minute increments, right? 20 minutes to wake up, feel the dog, make some coffee, 20 minutes. And your phone is not with you. Nope. I haven't looked at my phone. My phone lives in another room while I sleep. Like I don't, I I always forget that people do still do that. And it, and it's not like people. It's the first thing I do. Yeah, I know. And when we talked about it, I was like, oh my God, Pia looks at her phone instantly. I, I just forget. You that. have no idea the dark things I read before I go to bed oh, and when I wake up. Yeah. And just like. I was reading about letting, murders last night. Yeah, letting that stuff sit in your conscious and subconscious and in your, you know, it's just. I looked up what tongue cancer looks like before I went to bed last oh, night. Oh my God. I know. I don't. Before I went to bed, my phone yeah. shouldn't be in the room. Yeah, there's some times where we'll watch movies in bed. Yeah, great, fine. I prefer to read before I go to bed. Anyways, 20 minutes to read and then I'm getting ready to work out, right? And then I go to the gym. I used to have a gym in my home. We bought a new home. It doesn't work in our new home. So I go to the gym, which is actually really great. I like going to the gym. I forgot how much I liked it. It's I didn't awesome. do it for about four years. I had a gym in the home and I'm so much more productive. Same. It's like, all right, I got an hour and 15 minutes. Let's get it. I work out at home with my trainer, but I'm not doing it by myself. Yeah. I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'll dick around. Yeah. And then that's it, right? And then the day's like Dane's day is done. And then Dane can work on work. Dane can work on his relationships. Dane can work on the rest of the world. Or Dane can dream about being the emperor of mental health for the world, right? <laughs> Dane can take care of his wife and some errands. Dane Dane can focus on chatting to Pia on text about podcasts. It After that, morning routine the rest is a gift Mm. which is such a nice feeling Mm because it doesn't really matter what happens you've taken care of yourself and then in the evenings i wind down i don't really have like a a hit list that i do in the evenings necessarily but i don't engage my phone probably about 30 minutes at least 30 minutes before i go to bed and i put that fucker in the other room like i charge it in the guest room and it don't look at it. Oh, it's in a whole other room. Oh yeah. All of two? All of two. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of science behind all of the radio frequencies affecting your mitochondria and stuff. I know. Well, my issue truly is like all of our security cameras are hooked up to my phone. Yeah. 
like the baby camera, the baby camera is hooked up to my phone. Like I'm programmed to wake up when I hear a ping. Yeah. And I did the other night and there was like a pack of coyotes in our backyard. Yeah. And thank God I woke up to that because the dogs, the dogs, and I was able to lock them in. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. So yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe there's like another system, you know, maybe it's like, but it's like know. process of elimination. I think with anything, especially related to mental health is like, how do I push all the noise aside? And honestly, PS, sometimes I'm just nervous the, about my safety. Yeah, I get that. I mean, you can also like restructure the way you think about your safety because you live in a pretty safe place. Mm -mm. Are there any sort of like, are you into like biohacking? Oh yeah. Major. Okay. So like, do you know what? Have you heard of brain tap? No. Well, I gotta get this. Apparently I'm not so major. Okay. So it. I just got it. It's headphones yeah. and then face thing. Oh yeah. And it puts light yeah. in your ears and in your eyes and it syncs to whatever meditation or, you know, there's one about positive thinking. There's one for sleeping. There's one to wake up. There's one for creativity. And yesterday I was so tired. I was so, I was like, I've been working out too much and I'm like, you know, about to get my period. I was just like, I'm and it's once a month, maybe I get that tired. And I had someone coming over to work with me and I had to do a lot of work. And I laid down and did a 20 minute meditation with the brain tap because it's very hard for me to meditate otherwise. And I was so in, like, had tapped in so hard to that meditation that when I woke up, I was ramped. Mm, I've never felt that in my life. Yeah. It was really cool. So the lights. You are... close your eyes, but they're going like this. They're it. like, it's red and blue lights that are like, sh like, popping around in a pattern and it's talking to you but then there's also sounds and there's sounds you obviously can't hear to get your brain into theta i wonder if it's a hypnagogic light cool i don't know Hypnagog hypnagogic 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 light where there's a way you can sit in front of a particular light source and have it go in a pattern like really close to your that's face that's what it's doing and you actually can hallucinate like you can ha actually have it a psychedelic experience hallucinogenic a little yeah. bit yeah because I feel tingly. I feel a little like, ooh, like right away you get into this like weird state. It was cool. He was saying something it's like I could hear the sound all around, but then he would be saying things to my subconscious, which in just like one headphone while the, while the meditation's going. Then in the back, he would be like, what happens if you choose to do And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it was really cool. There's a couple devices like that, but I've, I've, they're just the headphones. I, I know this company in Europe that I was talking to about getting them for all of our clients. That sounds way cooler. What else are you into? I love, I mean, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I love sauna. I love cold therapy. I love, I mean, I don't love that. Just I must do fucking hate so much for people's mental health. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, about getting better that I'm really trying to promote in my life, in my business is you can go to do the hard work and you can change and then it's just more change. Like totally. it's just change and change and change and change. So why not adopt anything you can use? Light therapy, right? Cold exposure, heat exposure. The obviously meditation is like, that's a non-negotiable I think for everyone. Like if, if I was, if I ran the whole show, I'd say everyone's got to meditate and everyone's got to have a therapist. Like yeah. those two things will change a lot. 
I've been supplementing with probably probably take a hundred pills a day. Okay. Well, that's too many pills. Yeah. For, I've been doing it for like 10 years. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And like, and I have the biologic, biological age of an 18 year old. No. Yeah. I did like telomere testing. Cool. And they're like, yep, you're an 18 year old. That must Sick. feel so good after all the damage, like, you know, all the, the damage. Yeah. The damage <laughs> you can recover from it. It's amazing. It. Well, mother nature's grace. She always wants to recover. Totally. You know, we do some ozone therapy when we're in London hyperbaric oxygen chambers, yeah, cool. which are really great to push all the nutrients. We do this cool thing. There's a brand in London called Human. Next time you're in London, I'll take you. And it's run by a friend of mine, Dr. E. And it's like sort of the first clinic of its kind. There's, I mean, you could probably walk outside here and there's a million of them. But in London, in Chelsea, he's he has this great clinic called Human, H-U-M-2-N. And he does what's called the superhuman protocol where you do an IV bag but there's also a laser that goes into the IV bag that lasers your mitochondria in your blood cells. No. Yeah, it's cool. And then you go from that and you sit in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, a medical grade one, not like a small one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a big, like the room is this size and you're sucking pure oxygen and it's pushing all that nu those nutrients deeper into your cells. And then you go from that into a cold cryotank like the coldest crowd tank in all of Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you feel like a million fucking bucks when you come out. So cool. Yeah, and you just, the stacking of things is what I like, right? Because I don't have so much time. So I need to like, mm -hmm. if I'm in the sauna, I'm also reading or I'm meditating or I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I really want to get a sauna. We have a dude that works for us, Josh Holland, who does all of our optimization coaching. So we'll take care of the... Ooh, wait, how many different kinds of coaches are there? There's a lot. We have coaches that work, again, specifically with people that have drug and alcohol disorders. We have people that work with psychotic disorders. We have people that work with just general anxiety, depression. We have coaches that don't do any of that and are just sort of more professional coaches, executive coaches that work with people just navigating certain things in their life. We have an optimization coach, Josh. What Josh does Holland. he say is the most impactful practices for somebody with like anxiety? I don't know. I should probably reread his book. I he bet, just, you, just I bet you it's a cold plunge situation. Yeah, I think he would. He's very holistic and he's mm. very like, he loves all the gizmos and gadgets and devices, but he's also like, we got to address the source of stuff too. Like if he's big on grounding, like having yeah, your shoes totally. off and like sitting. My doctor is too. I don't, I'm just like, I can't. I, I'm happy to do it. I just to have 15 minutes where I just stand and like look at the sun and have my feet on the ground. It just sounds so I know for some people it sounds so stupid and boring, but some people are like to wake up. Davide was accidentally doing it. He used to like go outside in his robe. He'll do it in the summer and he'll just like lay there and like close his eyes while he drinks his espresso. Yeah. And I'll be like, were you just grounding? He's like, no, I was just outside. And I was like, what you technically were doing though was grounding. You had your, yeah, yeah, you were like, you were being, and if I told him you should do some grounding, he'd tell me to fuck off. But yeah. he really loves to sit outside with Gigi and drink his espresso with his eyes closed and feel the sun on his body. So sweet. With his little feet on the ground. I know he's, a, he, he, you need like, we need to, he needs like four of your people. <laughs> yes, no, he's crazy. He was up texting me in Italy, called me. It was like five of them. He's like, I can't sleep because I'm really nervous about this conversation I have with my partner around. I really want it to go on, blah, 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 blah. And what if he says this, da, da, da. And then I, I was like, okay, you got to go to bed. You can't keep running fake scenarios in your head. If you sit down and explain to him honestly what you 
what your goals would be for this conversation in this scenario. He will meet you with the same sincerity that you are meeting him. You both want to succeed. There's no reason to be nervous about this. And then I wake up to a text from him. Amore, it went perfect. We we woke up at seven, sharp as knives. We worked it all out and like sent me the whole breakdown. And I was like, see, you worried. But he he worries so much like that all the time. And I can see it in his face. Sure. He's like, I just got him a doctor because I was like, I could see the dark circles coming in. I can see his body is like a different shape than it used to be. He's like more hunched over. I mean, he's really letting the impact because he doesn't have any practices to undo what's being thrown at him every day. He needs, and he has, he'll say that he has a routine, which he does, but it's to wake up and have his espresso. It's not, that's why I like finally got him hooked up with a doctor. Cause I was like, there needs to be a routine that where there's sections of your day that are for your bliss. Yeah. Because he doesn't have that. Yeah. And he needs it. And I was texting him the other day and he said, you know, how's Italy or yeah. Like, is it, I just, he was so excited to go mm-hmm. and I think he really needed to go and I know he's got work and stuff. And so I just said, I, and he's like, yeah, I'm loving it, but I'm also like really slammed. I mean, he landed, went to breakfast, went to a factory, yeah. had lunch, recorded a podcast, went to another factory, then drove an hour to have some old lady cook him dinner. Yeah. You know, like it's highs and lows all day. And I just said, remember the, the purpose of you being there is not to just be busy the whole time. Ooh, what a fucking good response. I, it was something. I don't know if it was exactly but that, it. but, but no, it was but that's something perfect. like that. That's the perfect intention yeah. is like it doesn't because they think, you, you know, people like to thrive in that chaos. Well, you go to New York or I go to New York or I go to London. You know, I go to London a lot, but like New York, I'm not in all the time. And I think the people going places that they're not in all the time, they often go to like, okay, how many people can I see? That's what I do. That's what I do. I could imagine. (laughs) So my wife does too. And I I just, I chose not to do that about, I don't know when it was. It was like eight, nine years ago when I was in New York and coming back to LA. I was like, I can't do the whole like see everyone every time I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see enough people or i'm going to see as many people i really want to see and when you try that a few times actually your experience is so much better and you realize nothing against the people you're not seeing it's just who is going to fill your time and space with you know with feelings of joy with feelings of productivity right do i need to meet all the vendors in new york city i did that this weekend when i kind of planned out the weekend i left a lot of space for me to walk although it's going to be fucking 20 degrees, but I was like me enjoying New York by myself. Yeah. And then I have like a meeting, you know, a event I'm going to. And then I have like my Sunday, but it's not, it's like early afternoon. So I have the morning. I want to work out when I'm there. You know, I was like, I'm going to make this an optimal weekend, not fuck I'm slammed and I get back exhausted. As much as we focus on our well-being, our mental health, our physical health, whatever it is, we're also people that, and I think I can speak for you, and I think I can speak for my wife and your husband in this is like, and a lot of people we know is, while we want to focus on our health and wellness, we also want that calendar to be like stacked 
and we are we're like hyper productive people right we want to achieve this and achieve that and have goals and this and that and that's a wonderful thing and we should but i've been reminded recently to leave a little space mm-hmm. like i was working on this with my therapist that age and i was like i don't think the way i stack my day is working for me anymore it used to mm-hmm. and something's changed don't know what it is i need to leave little 15 minute increments in between calls or meetings or thing or engagements right we're yeah, like breathe and take a second just do anything other than just go from one thing to the next yeah it's not good because that used to be productive for me and now it's not so much yeah thank you so much for taking the time to come You're here welcome. and talk to me about this so interesting my pleasure where can people find you uh people can find us on instagram at reconstruction unlimited i think that's where they can find us <laughs> I think that's there's a website. There's a website. It's reconstructionunlimited.com. Yeah. Check mm-hmm. us out. Our phone number's there. Call us if you need us. Call us if you just want to chat about what's going on with you. We have plenty of time to do that. Don't you don't obligated to sort of sign up for service, right? Cool. It's just if you need some help. And if we can't help you, we'll steer you in the right direction. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Pia. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.